and we're live happy monday everybody happy president's day in the united states i'm pretty sure the market's closed today i didn't even check but i'm pretty sure it's closed yeah. welcome in it's february 20th a uh, little bit after 11 a.m central uh returning guests one of my favorite people in the world alexander mertz tesla boomer mama oh, thank you so awesome. much for joining me today really appreciate you awesome. good to thank see you thank you again. very much for having me how are Absolutely. you I'm great. I hope you're, how's, how's your vacation? You were just in, came back on vacation, right? I was in Vegas. It's still yeah. crazy busy there. I mean, it, you know, when people tell me recession, I'm like, uh, go to Vegas. It, it's just crazy. <laughs> the people are there. And then I just told you we're, we're dog sitting. So I'm, um, I'm excusing myself if ever there's any noise because we're having a one-year-old pup here uh, that belongs to one of my Twitter friends and who has gone on vacation. And this is his beginning of the third week. And so he's he's at home, but he hasn't understood yet when he has to be quiet. So let's, let's <laughs> hope it's not going to be too much of a, it's not going to be too much of a distraction. We can't wait to get the dog's inputs while we're going through this very oh, amazing exactly. episode. And we're going to be on the lookout too in the background if we see the dog in the comments. Let us it's, know if you see the dog running know. around. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> and like amazing. I said earlier, you know, we're noisemakers and now we have the dog noisemaker right. on top of it, Parza. There it is. We have to live up to it. We've officially <laughs> launched our podcast today. It's called We Are the Noisemakers. And if you know why we're calling ourselves the Noisemakers, you're probably on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right. So lots to talk about today. Um, obviously, when uh, the first time I ever met Alexandra, when she came on my channel, she was very good at uh, sort of explaining some things that I'm not very familiar with in the world of uh, just in the world of finance and funds and ESG and all that good stuff. Um, and anytime I sit down with her, I just learned so much. So a lot of this is going to be me uh, trying to learn a lot of things that are going on, but also really asking a lot of questions and sharing my thoughts as well. And one of the primary topics we really want to hit, uh, if, if you've been following the Tesla story, is that uh, Ross Gerber, who's uh, who's somebody who owns uh, Gerber Kawasaki, who's a fund. Uh, he's been a longtime supporter of Tesla, very vocal, uh, beautiful blue eyes, <laughs> really, really nice guy. He's been on the channel I before. Candy. I tell it, he's I candy. candy sure. <laughs> uh, but he is he is running for Tesla's board uh, based on a, a lot of different things that he says. Um, and I think one of the things we want to do today is to sit down and look at it as objectively as humanly possible to see uh, what's going on there. Uh, I obviously have my thoughts. If you've been following me on Twitter, you probably know where I stand. But this is not in, in no way or shape or form is this going to be an attack or a pro or a con for for his run this is just going to be an objective look into what's what's going on with his run for the board because it is being covered quite a bit uh he's made a lot of uh media runs as well about this and if we're part of the tesla community we should talk about this object as objectively as humanly possible we're all human beings obviously but we're going to try our absolute best to just see it at face value and see what are the what are the different sides of it so maybe alexandra you you head us off with what's going through your mind how you're viewing this whole thing and i'm sure this is going to turn into a whole conversation so i'll let you i'll let okay, you take over perfect. Yeah. And and I didn't really prepare, um, you know, a sort of a script because I really want to take this how it how it goes. I'm going to explain where I come from and 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 uh, you know where I think the very recent past has complicated things. So um, Ross, no, the the market went down in the fourth quarter of last year, and at the moment where the stock plunged, we had a lot of unhappy folks. Leo obviously um, very concerned. And him throwing out at one moment that we need retail investor presence on the board of directors uh, of Tesla. He was calling it missing, missing in action and, and so on. And that triggered a whole um, couple of weeks of more noise than we already needed. And, and there we were. Um, and then I think 
but by mid-December, um, Ross declared that he is interested in running. Now, let me first um, put this in context. Any shareholder can run for a seat at the board of directors, but it comes with a lot of obligations. It comes also with the obligations to be timely filing this so that either you're included in the proxy statement, which is going to come out soon from Tesla, about three months prior to the shareholder meeting, which is on May 16th. And sorry, another parenthesis. Um, Tesla did two years ago their shareholder meeting in October. Last year advanced it to August, and this year advanced it to the May 16th. That was very clever. Um, why is that? In last year's meeting, they had lost a couple of the points they wanted to go through. They didn't have the majority of, of, of uh, votes they needed. And I think there they realized that this is going to be a highly disputed uh, shareholder meeting and wanted to have it over as soon as, as possible because there are actually four people up for re-election, including Elon, including Robin uh, Dernholm, in including Hero, and including Joe uh, Gibbons. So we have four of the eight that are up for re-elections. It's been a tumultuous year. So what they had done very early, actually, I think in, in November it was, with the with an SEC filing on page 57, buried somewhere, suddenly announced that this is going to be on the 16th of May. Why do I have to explain all that? Because from that date, you have to calculate backwards by when any items that any shareholder wants to bring forward have to arrive at, at Tesla's legal department so they can be included. And that date then was middle of December. So by middle of December, people should have been ready. You see these typical activists, remember those, you know, the nun that wanted that whatever else yep. is now no children anymore in any mines and whatever. All these things should have been now sent to to. Uh, Tesla already last year. So lots of people, lots of these activists completely missed the deadline. And so we'll have those items much less in this year's proxy. Um, and so when when Ross made his statement, and I'm sorry I'm coming in long circles, but I'll, I'll get there, I promise, um, came, came middle of December that he was interested. I just thought, well, he'll miss it as well. There's no problem. And then suddenly in January, I was very surprised because he came out in one of his... Um, um, in one of his public appearances on TV, saying there is a new rule that if you want to become a board member, um, you you are able to file that later. And I was looking for that. I mean, it, it, SEC is complicated. You never know when they enact something, but he seems to be right. So finally, the deadline for bringing that particular point forward was last week. And that's what he did. So last Tuesday, he filed to be considered for a board. So all this period from December to that moment, um, I thought, well, this is, I, I wouldn't say a joke because it's more than a joke, but this is a mean for him to be heard because his initial claims were, um, I want better communication for Tesla. And I think we can probably all agree on that one. I mean, there will be people, the all in Tesla, people will say everything is perfect anyway. But I, I mean, I think most of us can agree that we, we appreciate a little bit more active communication. It was actually the first time I came on your channel about a year ago talking yes. about that. <laughs> and Thanks then for the starting second... this whole thing. Jeez, I'm kidding. <laughs> I did. The, the second point was like, we need a full-time CEO. 
And, uh, and I had actually a discussion on, on Herbert's channel directly with Ross on that, because I think that's just absolutely crazy. You, you, you can't pack genius in a 40-hour week. That, that's not how it works. On the one side, you have Elon, who is so much more efficient with his time. And on the other side, you have Tesla, who has grown so much, right? This is a company of 127,000 employees now, whether he is now um, at the door every morning checking that everybody has badged in. I mean, this is ridiculous. So I don't, I don't believe the full-time CEO uh, argument at all. And and the third one is he wants to regulate the way Elon sells stock, push it into a 10.5b slash one schedule where it's all pre-announced. So what does that mean? It brings me actually back to one of the people that are, are up for re-election, Robin. She's doing that. She has a plan in place that every time she gets new shares or options and those vest into shares, they're immediately sold so that there is no conflict of interest with her knowing so much about the financials of, and plans and future of Tesla. She has this plan in place that she always sells. Not sure that's very clever of her, but anyway, that is what a, a prearranged uh, stock sales um, look for. And, and so this is a scheduled and market won't know exactly what day it happens, but it's it's just smoother. People feel more relaxed about the way it's done. They, nobody feels that this is an offense or whatever to whatever. I, I, again, this is not my subject, but Elon is not using that. And Ross wanted him to use that. Now, um, he was at that moment, you probably remember, was end of December, beginning of January. There were lots of people screaming, oh, my God, there are going to be lawsuits. Um, people will, will sue Tesla because this is not done the way it, it should be. The board of directors, we haven't heard of any lawsuits. And just to, just to give some proper context, this is around the Twitter time, right, where he had to sell shares and all that stuff yeah. that caused a lot of the hoopla because he wanted to fund Twitter. Okay, cool. Yeah, exactly. So, so um, I, I think about third week of... December to second week of January. That's when the, the stock was still very low. People you know, had time during the Christmas break to cry over their bad stock performance. And it just came, came completely out of, out of, out of it all. Um, somehow, since these objectives have a little bit changed, he's now also looking for a succession plan for, for Elon and, and so on. So Ross being Ross. And with Ross, you actually have to listen because the story always changes. And he's very talkative. I mean, I can hear that because I, I, I'm very talkative as well. <laughs> but but when, when you listen to his different Yahoo Finance or Bloomberg or whatever, there's always a new nugget in there and, and you just wonder where it is coming. And now to make a long story short, last Thursday, he had his monthly GK, GK is his ETF, GK shareholder YouTube meetings. This is something he does monthly where he comments on the market and the different holdings and then takes in this in the, the later part questions from the audience. And um, and I was watching that. I was in Vegas. I had time. I, I was watching it live and I couldn't, you know, I, I, I listened to it and I said, I don't recognize Ross. This is, I mean, I have spent hundreds of hours listening to Ross and this was a different Ross. And I was like, oh, why is this? So I, I listened again a second time uh, in the evening and uh, and in the morning when I woke up, I just said, I have to listen to it again. And there it was already gone on YouTube. So Ross has deleted it, uh, but it was still or, available. Or has made it private. We're not really sure what well, it is, but it's it's not viewable. Yeah. It's no longer viewable, it's not by viewable. the public. Exactly. Yeah. But it was it was still available on um, 
on Twitter, Twitter stream, right? so I, I could I could watch it. So I, I really watched it a lot of times because there was some stuff in there. I just and then I addressed it and sent him an email and say, "What's this now about?" Actually, it wasn't email, a tweet. It was only questions. I I just felt something was completely different. But the fact that he made it unavailable probably means he understood that that came. That's what came over, and may have just been a bad day for him, and he just you know went far off and and then suddenly regretted because it just didn't come over. Sometimes you say stuff, but you write stuff that the next day you regret the way you've done it. So what really happened? So one thing is he was very critical on Tesla in the current state of, um, of, of affairs. Tesla is not worth more than 200 bucks. There really lots of stuff has to change. Blah, 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 blah. And, and, and didn't understand at all that the current price cuts were linked to the IRA. That he was, you know, adopting to something that was just out there, and you ne needed to make sure. I also have a, a personal opinion. I think this price cut applies to hardware three cars, and hardware four cars would have different prices and and whatever. But the, the whole price cut thing, he took it very badly. And and uh, uh, Cybertruck will come late, and it's just such a pain. And FSD doesn't work. And I mean, this is the guy who told me all the time FSD in LA works perfectly. Alexandra, you're chicken for not trying it, right? So I'm like. Why is this? Now suddenly FSD doesn't work. The Cybertruck will never come. Two hundred dollars is already a heavy price for Tesla and whatever. It just that didn't make sense. The second thing is at one moment he said, "So I'm running because I'm looking out for retail and institutional investors." And that was my, you know, church bell ringing in my head. I was like, "You are looking out for retail and institutional investors." And, and we'll probably get into that. That is a huge concern for me. Nobody needs to look out for institutional investors. Let's say make that very clear. You know, the Black Rocks, Vanguard, State Street, Fidelities of this world, they don't need anybody to hold their hands. So that phrase, and that's the first time I heard Ross say the word, I'm doing this for retail and institutional investors. This and institutional, that really triggered me. And then the, sec the, the last part in that video that really I didn't like, was that um, he was really going into a very passionate short rant about how uh, Elon being at the Super Bowl with Rupert Murdoch, that was just uh, not the thing to do. His crowd and his target market is California and how to piss off the California Democrats, uh, whatever, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. I was like, oof, 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 where are we, right? I mean... You have your uh, political opinions. I have mine. Elon has his, but we're not there to to babysit Elon or tell Elon with whom he can hang out or whatever. It is just this just not correct. And um, and and then I, I suddenly th thought, you know, what happened? What happened between the the Ross from last week, which fair enough was passionate about getting on a board he would never get on, to somebody who suddenly seemed. And again, this is a video he took off, so maybe he regrets this. So let's put my words in, in, in perspective. But during that one and a half hours, he was very convinced that he would get on that board and he would change things. And I was like, ooh, something shifted. And then it over and over, it was like, my friends talk to me. My clients talk to me. They say these things have to change. Uh, this is your California target audience. And I was like... I mean, come on, Tesla is selling 
sure, in California, but everywhere else. And if we're getting now to the fact that you have to have a political agenda to buy a car, that's a world I don't want to live in, right? I mean, uh, I'm not a California Democrat. I'm a California non-voter. I've never voted. I'm not American. But I still have two <laughs> Teslas, which is what German an excuse. number three and four. <laughs> exactly. Good. <laughs> getting out of that stuff. Right? But but it, it's just, it, it you know, it's something was off and something had changed. So I tried to to understand it by questioning him on Twitter. And he confirmed on Twitter that, yes, he needs to go and contact 67% of um, of holders and for by whole by, by contacting them obviously he can't avoid institutionals and that's not even how he said it it was really like yep i'm going for retail and institutionals because i need to um find 60 or after, i need to contact 67% that's part of the deal I'm gonna find and uh, yeah it it was yep. in that whole thread and okay. so um um it's just and, yeah. and let me explain to you why i'm so I mean, worried is a big word. I'm not worried, but I, I really would like to avoid this whole situation coming to, to fruition. Uh, wh why is that? Between October last year and now middle of February, actually a lot of things have changed. Between October and December, um, Elon sold seven and a half billion more shares. So these shares are now out there, right? And somebody bought them. Um, we also had beginning of October, the S&P, Upgrade. So suddenly there are new institutionals who can purchase Tesla, which is something we wanted because we want the stock to be, you know, stable in long-term portfolios and and not uh, and not um, only traded for market makers, option option traders, and 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 hedge funds. So so that was all, you know, positive. And and you see it slightly now. I always say to everybody, be very careful with the current numbers of. What percentage are insiders, retails, and institutionals? Why? Um, in America, these data are, are um, prepared by two, three data centers only, the biggest being Morningstar. And Morningstar was really very bad for both uh, stock splits. I mean, I don't know how complicated it can be dividing a number by three or multiplying a number by three, but there you go. <laughs> it's, just, it's crazy, right? So we had... We had end of September already very screwed numbers, and we had and we had now end of December uh, the same mistakes carrying forward. The second thing is we have um, Natixis, which is this big French European bank, who did a wrong SEC filing a couple of days ago only. So you now see suddenly numbers like fifty-one percent of uh, of Tesla holders are institutional. That's not right. At least three percent is not right because that's the error that Natixis did. I personally think we're now at 47%, meaning we moved from 40 to 43% end of September to 47% now. Um, is that the number that is going to be crucial for voting? No. The number crucial for voting is a certain date that's going to be published in the proxy, whether you're a shareholder there and how many shares you have then. So we don't even know that number yet, right? And we don't know. But just my best guess in watching this all the time and trying to figure out five, six dots that I try to connect, um, I think they're now at 47%. Um, Elon is at 14%. Other board members and, and in, in terms of Kimball, Ira, 
So that makes about 16% that are board members. So 16 plus 47 is 63, and that means we only have 37 us retail investors. And then one phrase that that um, got me yesterday with Ross yesterday or the day before was like, um, you all crazies on YouTube and Twitter. Yeah. I mean, he didn't say noisemakers. Somebody else said noisemakers, but I think that's what he meant. In real life, IRL, I Googled it, in real life. Yep. In real life, nobody ca <laughs> nobody cares about you kids. We're just um, crazies uh, about Elon and Tesla. In real life, um, people understand so much better, don't they? And so in real life, you don't matter. I matter, meaning Ross. Okay. And I was like, okay, Th that is always the thing to trigger me. Don't tell me about in real life. I mean, Twitter may not be in real life for everybody, but I think it is for a huge number of retail shareholders right and he ran ross ran beginning of january a poll i mean don't forget ross has three hundred thousand plus followers right so so he has a big twitter account and he ran then a poll and i think that poll beginning of january he um he actually won more than the majority i mean always remember the the, the stock was then around 100 right um a slight majority said, yeah, please run. And so I think that gave him the steam necessary to, to, to run with it. Now the stock is at 200 and other people are running polls for him. And now he suddenly has 5% or even less than 5%, right? So the steam from the retail investors has come considerably down. Again, my estimation, it's we only have 37% nowadays anyway. At the same time, the institutionals built up. Why did they build up? Not because they are actively purchasing. Um, there are some of them are actively purchasing Tesla now for the long run, but also the stock price goes up. So in all these index funds, it, it goes up, right? So there is there is a bigger weight of them. So um, all this to say that I don't want him to get institutional support because I fear, and I'm gonna go a bit further than really my fear, but just to make it clear, I fear he could become a puppet of other people that have completely other interests. And, and that is really something I would be very concerned about. And, and that's not devaluing Ross's intelligence. I'm sure he would, you know, be conscious of it, but it's just these people are powerful and they know what they're doing. They're playing the big game. They're not playing the small game we're playing. Yeah. Yeah. That That's uh. so thank you so much for, for, going through that um, in as much detail as you did, because obviously there there's so many different things that come up in my mind that, that I sort of want to think through. Um, mm. But but just the fact that you, you spent, you know, 20 minutes explaining that just tells you the complexity of this whole yeah. thing, that it's not just as simple as uh, an individual running for for a board. I think for me, what, what really is, um, you know, and again, this is in, in no way trying to d diminish Ross's character or, you know, his intelligence or anything. Again, I've had him on the channel multiple times. I think he's a great guy. Mm -hmm. And he also plays guitar like I do. So I can't help but respect the guy. Okay. So if he plays guitar, oh, yeah. come on now. Yeah. But my my biggest concern as a as a retail investor, uh, sort of viewing this and somebody who's not nearly as experienced or somebody who understands this war nearly as well as others do. My my biggest thing is that he he does own a fund uh, in Gerber Kawasaki. He runs a fund where where he he claims to represent uh thousands or or many many retail investors uh on 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 their investments and I know Tesla it's not it's one of his or if not the biggest uh uh 
own, name they own on the fund. If correct me if I'm wrong, but it's 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 a significant portion of their fund. My biggest fear is that if if somebody's on the board, the way I think about it is I want somebody again, just me speaking about my opinion. Don't let this sway anybody's vote. But the, the way I think about it is I want somebody that's going to be able to remain as um, impartial as humanly possible to the short term and medium term happenings related specifically to the stock. And my biggest concern is that if there's somebody in the case of Ross that owns that fund and has people that uh, really are, you know, sending questions, emails and so on and so forth, they talk to me, hey, I'm concerned about Tesla's price movement today. I'm concerned about Tesla's price movement in the next week, because these are people I'm assuming that have money that have trusted him and his fund with with their money. Right. And so how yeah. does that sort of dynamic going to play out when uh, he's on the board trying to figure out the next 5, 10, 15, 20 mm -hmm. years of the company? Because in my head, that's what boards are really meant to do is to really outline and ensure that the long term strategic uh, sort of um, uh, thing for the company is is where it needs to be. How am I like, am I thinking about that incorrectly? Help me think through that. A no, little no, bit. no. You, you are actually thinking about it very correctly. And there are three levels to it. The first one is, can he remain fund manager of a fund that currently holds 10 percent of Tesla? His response to that in that same video was, yeah, but we're only buying and holding, which is not true. I'm, I'm following this fund now for nearly a year and a half, and sometimes they're going down, sometimes they're going up. So it's not, you know, it's not only passive allocation. And, and you're right as well. They have the GK fund, but that's only the top of the iceberg. They have... Uh, hundreds and thousands of managed accounts, meaning a client opens an account with them and gives them delegation to look after these funds. And they have then a predetermined strategy. And those fund, those, those managed accounts can obviously directly invest into equity would be Tesla and or his fund. So his uh, answer to that is that, well, those are people in my team. I am not doing that. And actually the SEC, which seems to actually have um, quite a beef with him because the other thing we should look at one day is he has a new disclaimer in his profile. If you go on his Twitter profile, he has a new disclaimer. If you read that, wow, wow, wow. But that, that seems to be another story. So anyway, so his thing is, well, whenever I do something in the ETF, I wait 24 hours before I do something for a client account. But I mean, all that smells a little bit fishy, right? You just wonder. Now, let's take it a little bit back. The The... People in a board of directors, especially of a company like Tesla, which is still innovating so much, which may acquire um, other companies because the board of directors is crucial in its roles for mergers and acquisitions, right? Um, so you would know, you, you would be Ross. And, and let me say that as well. I forgot to say that first. Sorry, I'm, I'm, I'm putting something else out there. You would be now member number nine. Currently, the board has eight members. He's member number nine. Does that mean he has now suddenly voting power? No, he does not. He may actually initially not even be on one of those committees because the board of directors is organized in, in a couple of committees where then always three of the members are more specifically dedicated to certain subjects, audit, compliance, stuff like that. So it's not because he's suddenly member number nine that... Tesla is completely shaken and we should all sell our stock. I, I don't believe so at all. It's just going to be one out of nine then if really this goes through. But but you in that position, 
know a lot more than the general public. And one thing I pointed out in my long article I wrote about the members of the board of directors, which I was really impressed about. I, I went into that article bit critical, thinking, okay, I want to like them, but will it be possible, right? And once I was done with a couple of days of work, I was like, I just love this group. I just think they are really, you know, the right people at the right place. So, but then Ross would know things, would know things about what are they going to do with lithium mines? What are they going to do with battery supply or whatever? And then he would go back to his day job and you tell me there's a Chinese wall that would, you know, prevent him from having this insight and now take investment decisions on it. And then the most hypocrite of all these points is he is the one screaming for having Elon back full-time at Tesla. He would be full-time at Garber Kawasaki, yet be on the board of directors, right? So, so on one side, you, you're screaming for one situation, but you would do the other. And then so Dave Lee asked him already in December when he initially came out, would you resign from your Gerber Kawasaki position, and he never answered to that one. And, and 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 again, that didn't bother me in December because I thought this whole thing was to grab Elon's attention with the good intention of bringing a couple of subjects to the table. Now, let me address two or three of those. Succession plan. In those Delaware court cases, I don't remember which one it was. I think it was one of the, the first ones, not the funding secured one, one of the ones where uh, people wanted money because the stock dropped in the funding security. I remember moment that or whatever. one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So James Murdoch, the, one of the board members. Um, oh, so you got the dog. I see him. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see if we can um, him. One of the oh, okay. one of the, I think is gone. Yeah. Um, so James Murdoch um, stated, "Yes, we have identified the successor for Elon. Should anything happen to him, so the succession plan, fine." Seems to be done, right? Take that off your list. Um, so, so just I completely agree with you. There are conflicts of interest. While at the beginning, I didn't even want to bother thinking about it because I thought it was only grabbing attention. This week, with this drive to institutionals, I really have a bellyache because if he really gets the institutionals, and let me let me add something here. How does it work for institutionals? So obviously the Black Rocks, Vanguards, Fidelities, State Street, they have their own teams. There are actually um, rules out there, published rules on all those websites saying, this is how we like voting our proxy rights. What does that mean? When you buy one of these cheap ETFs, right? I mean, you have hundreds of cheap ETFs out there replicating the S&P or another MSCI index or Russell index or whatever, um, they replicate it, but they have your voting rights. So the person buying a fund gives up their voting rights. And to satisfy people screaming about that, they go, here, here are my 25 pages of how I vote. And so in the BlackRock one, it's beautiful. They want 30% diversity and they want this and that and this and that. So we're now suddenly politically driven. You may like this or not. This is not a question. This is like you have given away your voting rights to somebody who does it now for you and decides for you. So they have their own legal teams and analysts who prepare how to vote. Then the other thing is you have a couple of firms that specializes in giving voting recommendations. They all, without exception, hate Elon. 
It's been, this has been going on for years and years and years. So let's say Ross gets on that proxy, looks like it now. They will advise how to vote. And that is how hundreds of these smaller investment firms who don't have the means of the Black Rocks and the vanguards of this world will vote just because that's how those advisors to whom they pay a yearly subscription fee tell them to vote, right? That's how some of the votes last year didn't get through. So this all sounds like nitty gritty as if I have nothing else to do to, and complain. I, honestly, I wish I didn't have to complain, um, but there is a real chance he can get in there if all these people league up in his favor. And uh, and it's not impossible. Then the big question that remains, there are actually two big questions that remains. The first one, and I wish there's a lawyer listening to me and would know how to dig into this information. For a question like a new board member, can the current board members, including Elon, vote or not? Because obviously those 14% votes of Elon could be what swings the whole thing one way or the other. If those 14% or actually 16% for the, to include everybody else are not allowed to vote, that means we then have a basis only of 84% out of which 47, so largely then more than half is institutional. There, that's the real danger if, if they can't vote. And then the second question is if they can vote, is there a point that Elon exercises the option he now has exercisable, which would bring him from 14% to 20, then of a bigger stake, right? So it's not really 20, it's gonna be a little bit less, but there could be a real price in exercising these options now. So I'm just, you know, running into my rabbit holes. Um, but getting back to Ross, yes, there is a conflict of interest. And while this was all talk, to get Elon's attention on these matters, which probably was mm -hmm. well-intentioned. Now it's suddenly getting more uh, serious. There is a tweet I want to I want to bring up here, which I, I freaking lost. I can't believe I did. This. See, producer wife's not feeling very well today, so unfortunately she's not in the background uh, helping. And so, so you have to do I everything. I have and to you do see everything how far again. That, you see it's how far so that is <laughs> when he doesn't have his best half. No, it, I'm thankful you have. I have you here, like carrying the show. <laughs> but no, I I do think. Um, before I, I pull this up, I, I I do think some of, that's that's one of my big concerns, right? And again, this has nothing to do with with uh, with Ross personally. It's it's that sort of tie, and you know, because we are all human, so th I'm sure there is going to be something that's that might that might um, impact the way somebody approaches their job if there's something that's that's pulling them to be more short term, medium term thinking, but they really have to keep their eye on the prize long term. So that's that's one big thing for me. Yeah. Um, what about I mean, he does have, you know, retail investors were quite vocal about some of the things that he's bringing forward as as as, as his run, which is better communication, uh, at least getting some visibility into what Elon Musk is doing from the Tesla perspective. Uh, and then there was a smattering of other things as well. And I'll try to find that as well. But um, do you think, is that usually part of a board run when somebody runs for a board? Are those the kind of agenda items that are more tied to communications? Mm -hmm. or, or could this be something where if Tesla, say on investor day comes around March 1st and Tesla says, hey, we're working on the things that you're, you're concerned about, Ross, would this, it would be, and I guess this would be a question for Ross. We did send him a link to join, by the way, for those listening. We did. So, Ross, we if did you're a listening, couple of times. Yes, yeah, come on, you know, please, if, if you can. If not, that's okay too. I'm, I'm sure we'll hook up at some other time. Um, but could that just be something that Tesla says, you know what, we hear you, 
Uh, here are, are the steps we're putting in together. It doesn't quite require a board. Uh, it wouldn't necessarily require somebody running for the board. It could just be handled. Help me understand that dynamic better because it, it, it to me, it more seems like just actions that need to be taken. And then it, and say Ross puts those actions together as a board member, right? And say he does this within the first three to six months. Okay. And this is no disrespect well, to Ross again. What what's yeah. the point of having Ross on the board, right? And again, this is meant as no disrespect. I'm truly trying to understand that dynamic. Yeah, no, and and, and I I'm with you, and that's what I really felt all the time. I I wasn't vocal between December and and beginning of February because I just thought, fair enough, he, he'll grab Tesla's attention. They will listen to him. Maybe they'll meet up at the investor day, and and then that story's over, right? I honestly, until last Thursday, five days ago, this was all good. Um, so the, you're completely right. This doesn't deserve a, a, a board seat. This is not about a board seat at all. There we go. He found it. Let me read it real quick for the for the folks. Sure. So so this is in reply to um, somebody feeling bad for giving him shit. <laughs> so really, uh, but you seriously should stop the board run. This is from somebody on Twitter. You will lose badly, and your popularity around here is crashing. Okay, so these are just, uh, I don't think that's helpful. Anyway, they're entitled to their opinion. But Rasa's reply here is what's most important, uh, more interesting. Maybe you can explain why the company won't address the issue so I don't have to force these issues. That's the reality. Yesterday, everywhere ran two, two Tesla articles. One, FSD was recalled and dangerous. Two, they fired workers who tried to unionize uh, the response from Tesla. Um, but they 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 did respond to it and it was just one worker who was not tied to the unionization or it was tied to the unionization effort but it was because of performance but that's that's besides yeah. the point but like these these again just seem like they're just items that should that could just be voted on as a group and having an individual just being there to put this in place seems again i don't i don't understand that so sorry for interrupting you go ahead i no i, I i'm completely with you and let me tell you first of all i think they're actually increasing communication we're now having at least 10 different little Tesla corporate On accounts that sure. if they're for Twitter, exactly. And then the, the thing also is, <laughs> would you expect, I mean, let's be, this is completely ridiculous. Uh, would you expect that then Tesla board issues a press release saying, oh, now we have thought about communication after all this time. Oh yeah, you're right. Let's put a press speaker in place. Now, this is not how it works. This is completely ridiculous. So... They will, and they are stepping up actually communication in their own way, right? Tesla is, is never communicating and will never communicate like the traditional car makers or whatever is doing, but they are starting to communicate. And one example was the reaction, which was probably written by a lawyer and, and quite stern uh, to that uh, unionization um, sucking people subject, which was obviously completely um, misinformed and, and then and then that subject died immediately the next day. Nobody was talking about it anymore. That was that. So um, I, I think there is progress, but you're completely right. This doesn't deserve a board seat. And the board seat would not oversee communications. That's not how um, communication works. If you don't mind, if you have the, yeah. the link, it's actually, if you go on my profile, uh, there is the link tree, and then you go on my Substack, and then you share the first article, the one on the board of directors. I think that's the um, the easiest. And James, I saw your message with Moody's. I promise I get on there. And I, I can actually quickly address that while while Farzad is, is doing that. So I thought, yeah, that is it. So if you go a little bit further down, there is a table. So this is my Substack I wrote a couple of weeks ago about the eight members that currently are stopped. This is it. So you see there are uh, four different committees. 
There is an audit committee, there's a compensation committee, there's a disclosure controls committee, and there's a nominating and governance committee. There is no communications committee. What in the world would Ross do in any of these, right? There is a good reason why certain are chairs or members of these committees. Some will have, for example, Hero. Hero came as a board member in 2020 for a three-year term, got into the audit committee. He may probably this year also join, I don't know, maybe the nominating and governance committee or the compensation committee. What do I know? But there is a real strategy behind what each board member brings in terms of experience in terms of know-how and in terms of being a member of a certain committee, right? And, and so, by the way, you can see that neither Kimball nor Elon, second and, and um, sixth line, are part of any of the committees. You have to be an independent director, meaning not uh, paid a salary as an employee of, um, of Elon, of, of Tesla before you do it. Joe is not yet because he got nominated in 2022. I was going to say, what is he doing? For. <laughs> exactly. Kidding. What are you doing, Joe? Joe is one of my preferred ones. <laughs> so um, so the, the Joe is um, has been nominated but has not been voted for by the shareholders. So only once we have the proxy, we will know whether he will be in any of those committees. He probably will be in one. We'll start with one like Hero did three years ago and then obviously will be voted on. Uh, when we have the shareholder meeting on May 16th. Um, and then you don't have to go down there, but for each of them, I, I laid out their, you know, their knowledge. And, and I just want to point out to two of them, Hero was running the biggest Japanese public uh, pension fund. So if we need a fund manager, we've got one, right? If it's a question of whatever, but he's not doing it now anymore. He's not, he's not actively in a trading position for anybody else at the moment. Or if you want somebody who knows media, well, James Murdoch uh, certainly knows media, right? He is the on son the of other Rupert side Murdoch. of where Ross is. <laughs> no, no, no. And that was Rupert. Rupert is probably on the other side, but James is actually a, a, a big Democrat supporter. And yep. so, you know, and and on a completely other level of you know knowledge of media than than anybody I've ever met, right? So he was running. He was running Sky News in in Great Britain. He was in charge of of this whole conglomerate before uh, it um, got uh, split and, and sold in in 2019. So that you know, it it just feels like, my gosh, who can teach these people anything, right? It, I just I don't see it. That doesn't mean that Tesla by itself doesn't want to have a ninth member. You know, we had Larry Elder on on the board until you know he just said I, I don't want to be on any board anymore let me please retire so this board was up to 11 members at one point so they may add some other people but being an activist saying look i know stuff you guys don't it's nice to be heard because again some not all of those subject matters could be addressed could be addressed even more i think they start addressing them but does that guarantee a, a board seat i, I just don't see it yeah, I do wonder how much of, I mean, it, it does seem like, I wonder how much of this could be, you know, because um, if I'm trying to, I'm trying to put myself into on Ross's, in Ross's shoes, right? So if I put myself in Ross's shoes, I own a fund, I'm a big Tesla investor, I'm a big media guy, I'm obviously somebody who's very, he's an, who's an, obviously, to me, he seems like an extrovert, he's talking to very everybody, he knows how to talk to everybody, he's super charming. So I'm sure he, he, he heard a lot of uh, legitimate pain that people were suffering during that 
uh, say, October to December period that things were just going wild. Um, Elon bought Twitter. He was saying stuff on Twitter that uh, a lot of people were like, what the hell are you saying? <laughs> Especially core Tesla customers, core Tesla folks that follow the story. Obviously, every you know, I'm sure general public, from my experience, didn't care. Like it was just a bunch of noise. But the people that were actually invested in the store were a little bit thrown off by it. And he's seeing and he's like, wow, like this is a, a legitimate thing that needs to be fixed. And 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 I think it's it, it's valid criticism to say that Tesla Tesla wasn't very communicative during that period of time. And I think that is a legitimate criticism that says, hey, y'all, like you're, you're investing. And that was some of the content that I made was like, you yeah, have to remember that you too. have a very a very specific retail base that you've um you know you've catered to in a certain sense uh and some may agree and disagree but there was a lot of love and then that love is has he's not here right now while it's like some of the darkest time and it was I, I, it was tough to I navigate would, yeah yeah I, I would beg to differ i think sure. the hardcore twitter tesla people you know, survived it. They, they sort of, you know, some of them had seen so much since 2012 or 2013. Sure. And and sorry, I, I made a mistake. I said Larry Alden. It was Larry Allison. Um, Allison. You know, yeah. I made my mistake as well. Um, but the 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 hardcore long-term investors, they yeah. just, you know, this is it. We're down again. It will go up again. They we're trying to buy. <laughs> um, exactly. But where he probably has a point, Ross, is in real life, he has a thousand clients that are not on Twitter, that are not, but that gave him money. And then suddenly um, part of that portfolio that, you know, he was telling them Tesla is the next generational company was down 50% or more. And so he had to hear, hear that when you are in charge of a fund management business or managed accounts of clients and clients pile in and complain and what did you do and whatever, couple of days you can take it and find reasoning and then comes the day where you're just fed up and just you know throw the spaghetti against the wall I, i'm not blaming him for that and again i think there is stuff where he should be hurt that that's just it and Agreed. again that's why between middle of december to beginning of february first second week of february I just didn't care i just thought fair enough please tesla somebody wake up somebody listen to the guy because I think that would be really a nice thing because there is an issue with Tesla having so little communication. Look, for example, now for Investor Day, how many people want to travel to Austin, want to know, will they be invited? Will they not be invited? Will it be very small, you know, group of people who, who get in, whatever? Just nothing, just nothing. Speculation, yeah. people begging, whatever. So there's something missing, something a little bit more interactive proactive that you know may, makes people a little bit more feeling welcome whatever so yes I, I think there is a point but for me this was like okay let's grab their attention we've got a criticism please listen to us point where for me got out of hand was last week last week this whole thing of i'm going for the institutionals now and all that that was like ooh, why yep. is this now where are we going yeah, but e even on that point, what's interesting is even if it's a weakness where as Tesla grows and you know these these things become that the percentage of people affected by it remains the same, but the net number of people affected by it increases, right? Because if mm -hmm. if it's two percent of the say base of Tesla that is upset about or ten percent or twenty percent, whatever number it is, but if it's yeah. on a base of three million customers, it's it's a decent amount of people. 
but it's not it's 60,000 right there's 60,000 people mm. that are really upset but then if the tesla bubble explodes to 300 million then it's then it's uh what's the math there uh thir- 60 million people right 60 and that's yeah. a lot of people so proportionally yeah. is that but but here's the deal so as a, if, if i'm going to put my tesla investor hat on retail tesla investor right i'm just, i don't have millions of or billions of dollars laying around in, in, in tesla right? i have i have enough to to be very happy with what i have but if I take that number and I, and I think about, okay, what, what do I want from Tesla for this to actually be really big in the future? I'm thinking about compact car. I'm thinking about Cybertruck. I'm thinking about Tesla Energy. And I'm thinking about getting the cost curve down for those batteries, right? Yeah. I'm not necessarily thinking about communication because mm-hmm. in my head, I'm like, okay, do people in South America, do people in Africa, do people in Asia, and do 80% of the voting public or non-voting public in the United States give a crap about anything uh, that's related to who Elon Musk hangs out with, how often they communicate, yeah. who they cater to? No. What they want, I think, I think, is a uh, as cheap of a product as humanly possible that makes them as happy as humanly possible. possible. And, yeah. and that's, that's a compact car. That's Cybertruck in a way. That's Tesla Energy and that's solar. So as long as Tesla is 100% focused on that, I'm more than willing to say the rest of the stuff will work itself out over time. And never in my head, again, no disrespect to Ross, and this is just my opinion. I want to be clear about where I sit here. In no mm-hmm. way am I am I like, that's missing on the board. Like, yeah, could, could Tesla yeah. do a better job with some of the small stuff? Of course. They can do mm-hmm. so much better with a lot of things. Um, but... But if it's a case of not being heard, and that's why that's that's the reason why you're running for the board potentially, I would I would say okay, so hopefully this run <laughs> gets you heard, so that you don't have to run. Because <laughs> if you do yeah. run, then then I think you're going to have a lot of questions around mm-hmm. some of the dynamics that we just described. But th- this is my opinion. This is my opinion. Yeah, so, completely um, agree. And and maybe if you if you allow me two minutes, and I try to be not Please. longer. Why yeah. why am I so why am I so against institutional investors? I'm so against them because they're actually politically driven, right? They've put in place, especially BlackRock. BlackRock is not an old company. It's not like the Fidelities and the Vanguards of this world. This is quite young. Uh, but they've understood of how to make money. Oh, yeah, I know. I'm getting to Moody's. You re- Claude, that you tell me I'm getting to Moody's. <laughs> Keep going. <laughs> um, exactly. But they, we'll they have put in place something where for a cheap product, these index funds, index ETFs, they get a lot out of it. They get order flow out of it and they get voting rights out of it. And they use these voting rights. They use these voting rights to steer the companies into the way they want. And they're actually criticized from both sides. They're criticized from the left because they feel they're not climate active enough. And they're criticized from the right because they feel that they are actually favoring non-American companies compared to the the pressure they put on American companies. So I don't want to get into the whole politics stuff, but if if you want to, you find endless documentation on, on, on the internet about the conflicts of interest that especially BlackRock has. And uh, and I just don't want these people to feel that they have a strong advocate of their interests now suddenly on the board of Tesla. That's the one thing I don't, don't want for sure. Yeah. It's, so what would what say, Ross, if you're listening to this and, and obviously, again, we're going to we're going to give you I, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt because I really do think he's doing Thank this you. for the right reasons. I just at present moment, I just I'm not sold as to why why it's needed. But um, what what would could Ross do to put you at ease with these concerns and it, where you would find say, you know what, I would consider voting for Ross in that, in that respect. This might be a difficult question, but uh, 
This is because what I really want is that I just he, put you on retires, the spot. <laughs> he retires from his <laughs> I, I really would like him to retire from this whole idea. Um, which I think he would if Tesla would not suddenly listen to him. You know, I think if somebody at Tesla picks up the phone and calls Ross and says, Look, we hear you. How about we sit down half an hour, an hour, and uh, and we we hash this out. I think we, we'd have a quick resolution of this all. And now I get to Moody's. And I'm sorry if I've made everything. <laughs> Look at you um, switching the top out of it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> see? Did you see that? I'm getting good no, at that. But I, I do want to clear. I also want to share here my thoughts too. It's like, it's like, I think, I really do think if Tesla's listening to this, I do think, I do think Ross has very valid points that should be heard. I really do think so. I think there, there are legitimate concerns that, that these last three months have taught us as an investing base that we should be looking at. I'm seeing those improvements already. I want to give right. Tesla credit. Like it does seem like they are listening. You know, Elon's exactly. chilling out on Twitter. There is way more. Uh, there's way better communications coming from Please. the Twitter accounts, mm -hmm. right? Um, some of the other stuff is a little bit less important for me. Those are really the two big <laughs> ones. And ooh, hello, <laughs> your dog agrees. And then ninety ninety eight percent of my focus is the compact car, the battery energy right that's that's where my head is at as a retail investor yeah. so yeah, uh, but if somebody is at tesla listening to this please give them a call and ross if you listen to this if you want to talk about this live sometime i'm, I'm sure today's probably too late but uh let me know because again i, I want to make sure i don't want to just sit here and amplify our opinions i think ross deserves yeah. to have his opinion but that's exactly it. As well. that's exactly yeah. it. exactly perfect um so moody's. moody's um yeah so moody's did their last action in January 2022, third week, if I remember right, of January 2022, where they affirmed the highest junk rating there is. So any step upwards would bring them into investment grade. And their main argument was it was not a diversified enough product um, offering, right? Um, then, in, I mean, I, I build up those tables over the year, every quarter, and then uh, especially in, in September, we really pushed it. And uh, in October, uh, S&P upgraded. The S&P upgrade, I'm, I mean, I'm sure we helped, you know, shining light on it, but the S&P upgrade also came simultaneously with Tesla ordering um, to one of the S&P affiliates, a study of Tesla's impact into California. I don't know whether you've seen that they published it finally in, in December, but you know, there's starting to be a business relationship between Tesla and S&P subgroups and whatever. So anyway, that happened in October. And I'm actually very curious to see whether the S&P ESG index is gonna uh, have Tesla in it this year again, that's supposed to come out in May, but that's another story. Um, but Moody's didn't move. And my assumption was, having worked for Moody's for seven years, that at the annual anniversary, third week in January, now 2023, they would finally do what was overdue for more than a year, put them up on investment grade. I mean, that was my firm conviction. Nothing happened. Then I checked whether René Lipsch, the... Um, the analyst was still there because maybe he was gone, right? And so now a new analyst, whatever. But no, in that for in that third week of January, he published an article on Ford because he's also the analyst for Ford, right? So I'm like, okay, so he's there. He's still not doing anything. Uh, this is getting really on my nerves. So I'm waiting for investor day. I'm going there on the first of March, and I'll and collect my thoughts, and then I'll just send another email and make that public because I think we just have to increase the pressure again. Now let's not forget, um, and I think I have it here. I do. Um, that Elon said 
Moody's is irrelevant, right? <laughs> this is actually from the daddy of the dog. He sent that to me then. See, I love that's that. why I'm dog sitting. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it is. You should start a merch store and sell those. Kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but it is true that um, that uh, they, they, I mean, this is absolutely ridiculous. Now, do remember. Um, Tesla is not, and I don't think ever will, pay Moody's anything. So Moody's could also just drop the rating. I think that would be highly unprofessional, but they're doing it in a ha-ha charitable way. At the moment, they're not getting money for it. But then on the other side, I mean, there are lots of people paying to have the Moody's rating, to use them in funds or whatever for their investment decisions, um, not giving Tesla a rating like Fitch does. Fitch doesn't give a rating to Tesla would really be a disservice to their customers, right? But giving them a junk rating is as, as bad a service. Yeah, seriously. I am encouraged, though, by how the, the tone has been shifting a, a little bit on on Tesla for some of these. I mean, I think S&P going, going in uh, investable grade, whatever, what, BB plus, what the hell is that rating? Uh, yeah, triple, triple yeah. B plus, yes. Triple B, triple B plus, yeah. So that's that's that, that's great. And and we did know from your feedback that you gave us around Moody's and S&P, we do know Moody's is slow. Uh, they're typically yeah. the slow. There's the slow bunch uh, to catch up. How do you think things like um, uh, Tesla, like Elon Musk and Joe Biden, having that nice little uh, exchange on Twitter? You know, like uh, like do dynamics like that help uh, Moody's change their rating because they are seeing that Elon Musk is willing to play ball. You know, this was around the IRA mm -hmm. charging infrastructure. It's like, hey, we'll open yeah. it up. You're very welcome. Like there's less And then 80,000. I mean, yeah. I know, is, but isn't it so childish? I mean, sometimes I feel like as if we're back It's in, such in a silly question, right? but I do really wonder <sighs> if that helps. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I I agree with you. And and another thing that, that I noticed is when that came out, you know, that the, um, um, the, the superchargers are going to be opened latest next year whatever in in a, in a limited number um there was more to it because one of the biden administration people said oh there's been a, a year in the making what in the world do you do for a year i mean it's government <laughs> a, a year farzad come on talk about what because elon had had signaled a long, long time ago that Tesla is open to that, right? You don't need, so you can just imagine those committees where they're sitting around the long table, drinking their mineral water out of the bottles and the glasses, and then discussing for hours of how they can now maneuver this. And then you have GM putting their input and Ford putting their input and yeah. for something. This is elementary because if we don't have enough supercharging stations for all electric cars in America, not going to work, right? It's just not going to get there. We're already slow compared to China and Europe here in the United States, and it just has to be developed. And I'm, I'm actually pleased. I, I'm, I'm not a big friend of this administration, but I'm pleased they finally got to it. Yeah, I same. You know, I, I do think I do think that again, just you know, keep my politics a lot to myself. I do sometimes share, but I do think I do think it's great to see cooperation. I, I think that's what's missing a lot. Yes in our in our civilization period is cooperation True. especially between two different parties that have perceived a lot of differences i mean elon has been very openly critical of joe biden joe biden has been very openly critical about elon musk or at least he's being told to be openly critical about elon musk yeah. right because exactly. he is the president i don't think he's able to do everything himself uh, and this is not a comment on his age i'm just saying as a president you are you have a team that helps you say things unless you're sure. uh, somebody that, that, that we just had um but 
I, I do wonder if if that just becomes a, a dynamic that more and more people warm up to. Because in my head, what I'm thinking through, and again, tell me if this is a an amateurish way of thinking about it. Uh, Tesla, uh, I don't think can be argued that they will be able to generate uh, a, a large amount of cash flow and profits into the coming years, short of a gigantic depression that will destroy the global economy. It does seem like they have a very uh, a very clear path to more and more profits, more and more earnings, mm. which means more and more people have the ability to invest in that growth and make money along with Tesla, right? So yeah. isn't that a dynamic that at some point, uh, regardless of who's heading the company, becomes very hard to ignore uh, as something you want to partner with or something you want to highlight as a good thing for somebody to invest in from which you can earn profits from as a as they say a Moody's or whatever. I mean, at some point it's undeniable. And I think majority of the people on this planet, I believe, are uh money is maybe it's not everything, but it is a an incentive. It's an incentive for people to get yeah. into it. No, I you know I I mean Moody's obviously should do nothing else and look at credit worthiness and the credit worthiness is stellar and it should have a stellar rating. So th this is just absolutely ridiculous what's happening there. But um, what happened with the ESG rating, what happens with Moody's, what happens in the press, what happens with the Democrat Party, is that at the moment, any negative news is still overblown and any positive news is uh, trying to normalize. Turn them into negative. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So th th there is still this bias, but you're right. At one moment, it will go away. It will go away. Because first of all, I think the unions of the um, Detroit-based uh, companies are going to have less power. They have at the moment still huge influence on on all that, and I think that's just going to you know diminish. And the second one, you're right. I mean, Tesla is now so many employees and so big that at one moment, and I think it's more, it's less about money; it's more about number of employees. I see. So for these people, like the, basically, it like the okay, got it. So the, the really the influence, <laughs> the influence that these individuals are going to have on, the, and and then you also remember too. I think I think if more and more people own Teslas and more and more people have Teslas in their garages to become more and more affordable, yeah. if you're starting to really attack that company, you're isolating a potential voting base that could swing your election too. And I wonder if that also has a thing that's playing sure. to their minds, like, well, we better not hate on Elon. Because uh, the Model Y is going to be the most popular car sold in the United States. And if we oh. do that, then we're isolating millions of people <laughs> who have the car or want the car. Right. And again, this is not yeah, a Moody's sure. conversation. This is more about like yeah. influencing how people think. And like the media is probably going to start reacting to that as well. I just maybe maybe a part of me says, again, maybe in a naive way, but the bigger something gets at some point, you either hitch your ride on it or you just get left behind. And I wonder yeah. if now people are starting to hitch, the, you know, Facebook just came Jump out with their it. verification, you oh know, just gosh. like Twitter did. I don't see it Mark Zuckerberg move. being called a crazy person for doing that, right? They have yeah, made us verified, sure. you know, so it's yeah. like at some point there's going to be too much momentum for this thing to be ignored and to be attacked. And it just becomes uh, almost career suicide if you're the person coming out and going after that thing. But we all know politics will always exist in some way. Yeah. And people will jockey for position, and you know. They will. And 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 I also think, you know, topics like, for example, ESG, right? They got so institutionalized. There are now more than a hundred, no, sorry, more than a million people's jobs titles have now ESG in them in the <laughs> United States. A million, right? Just in the United so States. You have, 
just in the United States, right? Did they have a union? And so <laughs> I don't know yet. But you know, they're everywhere. Asset managers, banks, uh, every big company needs an ESG delegate. Now you have ESG people in universities, yeah, everywhere, right? And so the, the problem is a little bit, are you a thought leader or are you not? And Tesla, just for an example, I don't want to really get into ESG that much because, you know, I'm unstoppable on it. But um, <laughs> but I am. But, but Tesla, for example, in their impact report 2021, had an excellent stance on ESG, right? I mean, you just realize how stellar their thinking is, how they prepare it, how they try to be, you know, at the, they're trying to preserve shareholder value, but yet do the right things, right? But not with quota and not with imposed stuff, just because it is the right thing to do. Now, you compare that to what the ESG police, I'm sorry, I'm calling them ESG police, but they're, they're everywhere. And they're again in the Vanguard, State Streets, um, Black Rocks of this world, but also in the press and also in the rating agencies and also all there. I mean, I did a huge video on that one. And so when you realize what they want, it's something completely different. So you have one worldview on ESG, which is Tesla's, which I I mean, I'm, I can just admire how, how well it's done. And you have the other one, which is a bureaucrat's view on ESG, and which is a power grab. That's what it is. But yet, they are infiltrated into the right governments, into the right committees, to finally put their stamp on it so that all financial reporting in the world has to do it their way, right? So this is not just me talking about, oh my God, Alexandra is crazy about ESG anymore. No, it's actually this happening. This will happen. Yeah. This will, exactly, this will happen. And, and they're moving ahead. They had bad press because ESG funds performed badly and whatever, but that doesn't stop them. What they want is that bureaucratic elitist way of looking at ESG with all their diversity store scores and all their agenda pressed into every financial report in the world. And uh, and, and that's going to harm Tesla in the long run because they have a much more intelligent approach, but will have to, sorry, my English, suck it up to conform to this stuff. Yeah. Yeah, I'm. I'm really curious to see if if uh, how how this plays out for the the rest of the decade as a company like Tesla, who is it's they're almost like anti ESG by just being their own ESG kind of thing. Yeah. How if yeah. how their success would dictate the the ESG like like the bureaucratic ESG's ability to actually have their influence and mm -hmm. versus. Uh, people looking at because because what I'm starting to see again this might be very naive but what I'm starting to see is folks are truly starting to copy the way an Elon Musk business is run not just from an auto perspective you have Jim Farley and Herbert Deese in the past right these are folks from the traditional auto you have people like I think the new uh, Toyota CEO uh, you know was giving some props about Tesla doing things so it's like they're they're viewing this organization who claims to be ES, you know or is actually ESG truly uh, having a lot of success and then you also have your metas of the world and people starting to copy Twitter so these are like the beginnings of hey you can start to see that this this individual is going to have a lot of influence in how businesses run I wonder and again if this proves to be incredibly profitable and super super successful in the long term I wonder if it just creates its own rules. And then we don't even have yeah. to think about that influence, which is just hitch your ride best on the Musk scenario. industry. You know? Yeah. Just, best, I, best I think that's a realistic, scenario, yes. it's a realistic yeah. sort of like view instead of like trying to transform and like go, you know, break ESG the way it's going right now. Just really get your 
uh, get yourself behind the things that are truly changing mm -hmm. the life for the better and vote, vote, vote with your wallet, you know, vote with your wallet mm -hmm. and, and hit your ride on on your Twitters, on your Teslas, on your SpaceX's, on your Starlinks and whatever other company that that uh, comes up that is, uh, you know, more aligned with what I believe is uh, a more accurate representation of how a corporation should be run into the future that truly empowers the individual. My opinion, yeah. you know, so we'll see. Yeah. We'll see if it works out. Okay. Uh, should we do some Q and A? What do you think? Or do you want to cover something yes, else? Please let's yeah? do it. No, no, no. Okay. Already an hour. I've been talking and talking. Sorry. We about can go for that. like 10. This is crazy. Thank <laughs> you so much for coming back. Alexandra, I have so I much it. fun talking with you always. Uh, I did run a poll. Okay, before I say that, if you want to ask a question, uh, producer wife is uh, out of pocket today. Unfortunately, she's not feeling too well. I hope you, uh, you know, I hope producer wife feels better. If you want to send her some well wishes, so drop it in the comments. We do, um, Cindy. We love you. What yes, did she give you, you so to much. eat again? Oh, <laughs> what did you do again, Prasad? Nothing. I gave her just For hugs sure. and kisses. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, and all the virus so do, with it. No, I hope not. <laughs> but I do. <laughs> I could make a joke, but I'm not going to. Uh, drop uh, when you drop a question. Put a question in all caps before your question, so that I can uh, pick out your questions as best as I can. Uh, and again, uh, producer wife is out of pocket today. So if this Q and A section is a disaster, oh, no. it's all my Come fault. On, the oh, dogs are already upset dog, about the it. The dog is called Musky, yeah. right? Just so that you all Musky, know. Musky, really? That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it really all right. is. Real quick. Oh, that's the wrong poll. Sorry. There is a we did run a poll and it's just in the comments right now. It's being listed. Uh, would you vote for Ross to be on Tesla's board of directors? We ran it earlier. Uh, Ross, if you're watching this, no. I don't know if this data set is helpful. 79% uh, say no. 11% say yes. Of course, this is geared to my audience. Uh, do with that data as you please. Okay, <clears throat> Q&A. Here we go. Let's uh, give it a shot uh, and see where it goes. Uh, Elango V question, how likely Ross will be to get enough votes to get on the board? You, we talked about it briefly earlier, but maybe give yeah. us a little bit of synopsis. Yeah. <clears throat> so a, a week ago, I would have said zero. Um, now it's higher than 50%. It really depends how actively he's pursuing um, these, these negotiation and talks with the big funds and these proxy vote advisors. Okay. So it actually depends more on Ross than on anything. Got it. Uh, let's do the next one here. Uh, here we go. Do you think Sandy Monroe would be a valuable member oh. of the board of directors? That's an interesting question. How I, you think I, about that? I love Sandy. I hope I meet him in Austin next week. Oh, you will. He's coming, right? If you can oh, get good. through like the mass of people that are going to surround him. <laughs> oh, I'm tall. I'm tall, girl. I'll get through. Yeah, you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> um. So the... Um, Yes, Andy Monroe is a good idea. I actually saw earlier that people were suggesting Kathy Wood or Ron Barron. I think both of them, for the same reasons, then then uh, then uh, Ross shouldn't do it. When your fund manager, I mean, except if you obviously resign of all that. And I think they're actually so much more valuable for Tesla in their current position. So I, I wouldn't I wouldn't do that. I saw Tony Saba as well. But again, let's make it very clear. Nobody actually expressed the need for a ninth member, right? There, It's not as if suddenly Tesla is going around shopping for a, a new member to the board of directors. That's not how it works. Was it you putting the music on? Yeah, I'm trying to see. I'm telling okay. you, see, <laughs> experimenting. This is what happens when producer wife's not here. I, I'm like, What's this? <laughs> I go crazy. I go crazy. Uh, here's a question. Uh, when are you running for the board? 
you want to clear that <laughs> no, up for I us? Am, <laughs> I am utterly underqualified for that. I know my qualities, but I also know my limits. This is not for me. Sorry about that. And I'm actually very happy in my current life. That's all good. Next question. Uh, with Tesla's free cash flow, is Moody's rating even relevant? How do you think about that? Well, uh, remember that one? So it is irrelevant, right? There it is. Moody's is irrelevant. <laughs> From but um, but um, it is actually relevant for certain pension funds and for certain funds that need a double investment grade. Um, and it's just unjust. It drives me crazy. When I see something so flagrantly uh, wrong, I, I just want to go against it. Now, you're right. In, in real life, like like Ross would say, it doesn't really matter. But in a small portion of the investment world, it does. Got it. Uh, let's do the next one. March 1st expectation with capital allocation from uh, Alex. Oh, so for, for me, the big question is, will they do a share buyback or not? Right. And um, the I mean, I, it's not as if my heart is clinging to it, but I just think having so many billions on the bank account, uh, at four or five percent remuneration is, is probably not the best use of uh, uh, of your cash. Um, but it all comes down to how much money do they need this year, next year, the next couple of years for gigafactories, for mining, for any other project that's up there, um, and how much free cash flow they do expect in uh, the coming months and years. Next question. Uh, what are your ideas to bring institutional investors and their families into our Tesla family? How do you how do you think about that? Is there a way for us to extend a hand to institutional investors? Or, or do you think about this question differently? I mean, the thing is that institutional investors, they're not on Twitter. They're not uh, going uh, crazy down into the Tesla rabbit holes. They, they will have people in their teams that are specialized in the analysis of Tesla shares, but we don't know who they are. They're not allowed. They have quite severe uh, uh, contracts where they are not allowed to speak for their company. So I, I wouldn't even know how we get these people in there. I actually tried out to reach out to Renny Lipsch from Moody's before I started all that, um, you know, the public part of it. And I mean, these people are not really interested in in our way of thinking. They all think we're zealots out there, you know, completely crazy, cultish. We're cultists, we're crazy. Uh, <laughs> there you are, exactly. Noisemaker, everything, yeah, you got no, it. Noisemaker, noisemaker cultish, <laughs> crazy people. <laughs> there we are. Um, so, so I, I, I honestly sure. <laughs> doubt that. And I mean, the, the thing is, the person I would like to talk to about this is Larry Fink at BlackRock, right? You can check out, I, I watched loads of interviews with him. He, he gives me the creeps, I'm sorry to say so. But but when- Oh, he'll talk to you, you for know, sure now, yeah. Exactly, <laughs> for sure, especially after my last sentence. I wasn't hoping for it before that. But <laughs> but see, the, the thing is that, will Larry Fink ever even speak to Elon, right? Will Larry Fink even ever understand what Tesla does to the US and to the world and maybe to the universe. So this is such a higher level of communication that needs to happen and it doesn't at the moment. Uh, here's an uh, interesting question from Realist. Thank you so much for this one. Board's only job isn't to look after 10 to 15 year vision. Short midterm stock price also matters as that's related to funding, employer salary and retention. Comment? How are you thinking about this? Well, I think short term stock movements are none of the board's business, but the um, uh, employees having opted in to have stock remuneration obviously have a 
a good view on that because if I recall it right, Carl said, and you're much better uh, placed than me, they every quarter get stock at the lowest price of that quarter, right? Is that so? The, the, so there's two different mechanisms. One is you are granted shares through uh, either your sat, you know, your part of the compensation package that you negotiated when you first joined the company or through uh you know when you get a merit increase as an example so for those that don't know i used to work at tesla for four, a little over four years so that's why I'm, I'm saying these things um so when you get promoted that they, they'll usually just say hey here's you know you can have the option if you want i think cash or stock or options um and then you so you can choose how you want that money to be given to you so that's one way the other way is through an employee stock purchase program which the window opens and closes every six months and then it gives you 15 percent off the lowest of the opening or closing price uh and then you put money into an every escrow six months or every six, six months every six, six months. months okay yeah so then you put money in every paycheck into an escrow and then at the end of the six month period, it looks at the opening price of that period and the closing price. And whichever that price, whichever the price is lower of those two, it gives you 15% off that price. And then your money that you okay. escrowed, you buy shares with that money. So it's so actually what I mean, matters is that you get more shares for your buck if the price was lower, right? As long as the long term, as long as the you know, as long as yeah. the long term sort of stock price rises then yeah, you want the share price to be lower. <laughs> you get more shares. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So so I don't think it's really a matter of employee salary because I think that's what, what was meant here, not employer salary and, and retention. I think actually employees are happy that they get a couple of more shares than less shares. Um, compared to funding, I mean, the, the thing is at the moment, at the moment, um, Tesla doesn't need funding. They put in place this credit line of 5 billion plus two, uh, with Citibank at um, variable rate plus 0 0.10 10 basis points, which is nothing, which shows that actually in the cre credit default swap world, Tesla is already considered a AAA, despite all this crap from the rating agencies. So I don't think that um, the board has to worry about any of these three subjects, neither funding, neither employee salaries, nor employee retention compared to the share price. Uh, now, do sometimes employee maybe you know have a critical view on what elon is doing on twitter or on whatever i don't know um but i, I don't think the board should micromanage that Th that's not what it's about you have hr managers for these things or whatever you know if, if an employee is unhappy about anything that's the they wouldn't to run HR. to the board with it yeah right i would think so yeah thank <clears> you for that uh real quick michael thank you so much for the five dollar super chat i'll make sure to use this to buy alexandra a drink when i see her on march 1st very good and then i also saw buck uh you gifted somebody a membership earlier but i producer wife isn't here so i was discombobulated thank you so much for that gifting did you, you I don't don't know realize what to do with it you are i'm so handicapped i'm telling you, you i already knew she was important to this process and now i realize oh my god why <laughs> why am i even here right now <laughs> Um, let's ask the next question. Uh, Goose got, are, are all funds on the same ESG page or are there funds who are not stuck on politics? Interesting question. Well, there is, Goose got, I'm sure he's from Germany. That's cute. Um, oh, I said uh, it wrong. so there, there are, and it actually, <laughs> I tried to be polite. I didn't say Goose you. you don't know how to pronounce German. You should have. <laughs> <laughs> um so the the um, i did a video last week with in my series on my little youtube channel 
uh, interviewing fund manager. I had done a very early one with Ross. I had done one with uh, Ted Park, who does the VCAR ETF. And then last week I had um, Adam Curran, who is running YALL. YALL is, God bless America, um, a right-wing ETF. And so they are anti-ESG. Now, I wasn't getting political there, but I let him talk. And uh, and there is a clientele for it. And he's actually started, um, let me check, I think October 10th. So this is a little bit more now than three months. And they already have um, more money than Ross and Gary together in their ETF. So there is a market for this. And then there is another person who is called Vivik, oh, what's Vivik's last name? I'm sorry, I don't recall his name. He's actually going to run for president for 2024. And he is a billionaire. He made money, I think, in biotech somewhere. And he um, is vividly, vividly, is vividly against ESG. And he has set up um, an asset management company, anti-ESG. His whole subject is that we're doing not ESG and we're, we're on the other side of it. <clears throat> Got it. This one's yeah. an interesting Sorry, one. Sorry, I didn't remember the name. No, it's perfect. Uh, what is the current situation Ooh. with Koguan uh, Leo? Koguan Leo is, for those that are not familiar, uh, the largest retail, second largest retail shareholder, I believe. Third. Third. Third, third largest third. retail shareholder. And it's actually funny because people were <laughs> were telling me, today, yeah, but Leo has more than, Va no, Leo has not more than Vanguard and, and, and State Street. It's retail investor. Um, so Leo has a lot of Tesla shares. And I think Leo has been really, you know, good at supporting Tesla with his money and the stock and whatever. And he's he's having a strategy, if I understand it right, where he sells puts, gets the premium, hopes the price goes up, and then he has cashed in the premium and everything as well. Now, when the stock cratered, that didn't work. So there were lots of there were lots of emotions at that very moment. Leo has publicly endorsed Ross. Um, so I, I haven't heard anything since, so I imagine that is still in, in place. And, um, and I think that's where we are. I don't know. Oh yeah, there we are. Vivek Ramaswamy. I'm getting there. Oh, Thank yeah. you very much, Ilanga. Um, and so the, sorry for butchering foreign names. Um, so, so I don't think anything changed. I think Leo is working with Ross on this and, and, uh, and is, has endorsed him. Now, just for everybody to know, while Leo was one of my very early followers on, on Twitter, because I think he liked those daily tables that I did on, on uh, the ARC funds, because ARC obviously being a big whale in, uh, in with 10 billion um, now their funds, but they were obviously much bigger then. Um, he, then I wrote six weeks ago, four weeks ago, an open letter to him asking him to moderate a little bit his language on Twitter, but go directly to Martin Biera, the IR person at Tesla with, with his complaints. The first day he answered very favorably and sent me a beautiful tweet. The next day that tweet was gone and he unfollowed me. So I think he is, I'm not in his good change course okay. praises anymore. Exactly. <clears throat> Um, Elango, question. Institutional investors own 80% of companies like Ford and GM. Is it ine inevitable that institutional investors will have a major stake in Tesla and board seats at some point in the future? That's a very sobering question. What do you, how do you think about it? It is. It is. And it's it's really a question that, that, you know, is not, I don't have an answer and I don't like the outcome. So there, there is good to having institutional investors and there is bad. The, the good is if we have 
pension funds, if it's very diversified, if it's something that is long term, which is actually the case for Ford and GM. GM has institutional investors that have been in there forever. And I think this is actually a huge risk for GM because GM is very, very close. They should have lost their investment grade rating a long time. And then what has to happen with those funds? If they suddenly have to sell GM, that's going to precipitate the, the whole downfall of GM. But that's another question. So yes, there is a good part in institutional investors. It's just so it could be rock solid stakes in funds that nobody you know touches anymore and gives the whole fund a very strong base, but obviously comes with it, these politically motivated uh, institutions. That's the bad part about it. And those comes those those, those boxy, uh, proxy votes. And, and, that's, and that's the whole question. And that brings actually another question that I'm trying to avoid as well, just not to not give me a headache and, and just want to throw it out there now is, will Elon have this year a new compensation package? Because a new compensation mm. package obviously would re-dilute the float because there's wow. would be new so so that's a whole a whole other subject i haven't come to terms with what i think about it i do hope or i do think that it won't be this year that they're going to delay it for a year just because there's already so much noise on the agenda for that shareholder meeting but who knows interesting yeah that that's on, a whole on, topic we can go on for it like is an hour. it yeah. is and, and the thing is you know i'm i'm actually pissed off elon doesn't get remunerated, right? Because when we hear about these stock that he can now exercise, these options that he can now exercise, well, that is because that was the 12, 2012 and 2018 packages. That was for work he has done yeah. more than five years ago. Give so the new one. <laughs> at the moment, he, exactly. At the moment, I don't even know whether he takes it anymore because now it's in Austin. But while he was in California, he was running on a $24,000 per year minimum wage salary and that was it and then either yeah. he got his options or he didn't and i mean he got his options and then the stock created but that was not his mistake right so there we are um having a ceo who doesn't have any remuneration now uh, so the whole compensation subject I, I i went into that a couple of weeks ago and then i just said leave it we'll see what happens <clears throat> in my opinion i i think I wouldn't be surprised if with Master Plan Part 3, they do decide to unveil a compensation package that's directly tied to it on Investor Day, to be completely honest. Um, I can understand why there would be blowback because of some of the uh, emotions oh. and things that are involved from that standpoint. But I just, from like, like factually speaking, the dude did his job and he has a huge plan and he should be compensated for it. What's the exactly. big deal? And, and, exactly. <laughs> and in 2018, when they voted for it, these objectives sounded absolutely crazy and yeah, the next objectives them. will sound absolutely crazy again and yes he nailed them yeah. that's exactly it. so by the way you have tomorrow their nights right if i remember yes, right sir. yes ma'am please ma ask him <laughs> i'm sorry I, I i don't know why i said sir <laughs> it's because i'm in texas people say sir, sir a lot sorry <laughs> let's say yes ma'am <laughs> That's going to oh cost God. you a double espresso next week. I'm so embarrassed. Because <laughs> <laughs> you said you Dan, worry. and I had the you know Dan male name but in then my head. I have, and then, then I'm trying to dig him, myself. I'm trying me. to dig myself out of the hole. Next question. Here we go. <laughs> <laughs> no, let me let me go ahead. Sorry. Let me. Yeah, 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 we get to that. Let me just yeah. address it. Please ask Dan Ives because he had a couple of wish lists end of the year. I think I sent them to you. I think yeah. you should really nail him down because most of them are just crap. Of, okay. his, of his of his wish, uh, wishes and one of them was and then he was also on cnn this morning uh discussing that he thinks a new compensation plan is up so ask him about it okay we'll do 
definitely will. Thank you. So shout out Dan. Moody's we went to Penn State together, by the way. Him and I went to the same college. I know, college, so, I know, yeah. and that's why you you're gonna go soft on him tomorrow. I see it already. Of course not. I'm gonna go really hard on him. I'm kidding, Dan. We're just gonna have a good conversation, okay? <laughs> Dan, if you're watching this, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, per Per Johan, uh, would Moody increase stock price? How do you think about that? It won't. Like S and P did not, but it will increase the stake of those very traditional pension funds and funds that, that need both investment grades. So that's the part I like about it. Those are not people that are going to vote, you know, in, in a in a bizarre manner. I think this is still necessary. And it's just, it's completely unjust what's happening now. So I just want this solved now. Got it. We're going to do four more rapid fire ones, if that's okay with you. Yeah? Okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I called you, all sir. Good. I got you here for all these questions. My God, you're so tolerant. <laughs> T Nelly. I am. Uh, right? <laughs> comments uh comments on elon stating he'll likely remain ceo of twitter for a remainder of year how do you think about this yeah i mean it is what it is i think he tried i think it's actually a very difficult position to fill when mr beast came out i thought oh maybe because mr beast for me was like fair enough he's young but he has this whole youtube crowd he will bring all these uh creators to twitter the whole remuneration system of you know how it gets monetized and all that i i saw that as a very good up front and then probably a good second person there looking after the ads because that became more and more clear that's a weak spot still of, of twitter and elon pulling back to you know just be in the background and and overseeing uh you know technology and and all the the major product improvements um so I wasn't against it, but I think Elon realized how difficult it is to man that job, man or woman that job, by the way, um, the, so that the so that the the right person is there. And and uh, he delayed it. I mean, I think it would be nice actually for him because I would like him to get a little bit of a rest. I mean, can you imagine what this guy has to go through, uh, being yeah. constantly attacked, uh, having to get this Twitter ship out of? The swamp it's in and um being accused of not doing enough for for tesla don't you think it's actually funny that nobody ever accuses him of not doing enough for spacex right when they see two rockets landing the for same day real. nobody's screaming right <laughs> exactly. thank you for that that is such a great point right i think i think people forget and i think again this is part of the whole thing where you know elon i want i i personally want elon musk to fulfill his what he wants to fulfill because i think he deserves that i think he deserves that whatever that means it's not up for me to decide what he wants right but i think that this whole notion of there's tesla is somehow not getting uh, enough attention from him it's like the spacex thing is perfect i'm like look just look at spacex spacex is fine yeah. You know, it was like, well, they don't have somebody like like Gwen at Tesla. I'm like, yeah, yeah. maybe, maybe not visibly and maybe perhaps not, not doesn't have the pedigree. And I, I could maybe agree with you just because Gwen is such a badass. I think it's more that mm. than anything. But Tesla seems OK for the time being. And yeah. I think anyway, no, but that's a whole that's a whole I, separate I agree. Video. And I, I think it yeah. was you who tweeted last week and I couldn't agree more. I mean, this guy could buy himself an island and have the biggest palace there and have uh, else, four yeah. pools in all directions. And instead of that, he lives in the most frugal manner, works 120 hours a day, tries to, you know, really get humanity to another spot and uh, takes all the criticism from all sides, morning, daylight and night. And, and uh, 
and then it still is not good enough right and then yeah. people are still like oh but you're not doing like that and you're not doing that right. okay sure <laughs> it doesn't mean that there's no weaknesses right again i want to be clear here yeah, it doesn't sure. mean that he's he is perfect of course there's weaknesses but my god on the net if you look at this spectrum of like greatness and terrible I mean, it's yeah. pretty obvious <laughs> in on what side he's Where on. Terrible. Just kidding. Exactly. Obviously, it's greatness. <laughs> and 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 isn't it wonderful that we're alive to watch it all and it's be part wild. of it? I mean, I just yeah. it is. It feels historical. <laughs> it really does. Um, next one, and then we'll, we'll wrap up here soon. Do you think that Tesla needs to build four more factories in the next two years to keep up with their plan to sell twenty million cars by twenty thirty? How do you think about this? I don't know whether it's four, you know, there is obviously they can expand Berlin, they can expand Austin. So that would increase. They they, they talked about in, in, uh, expanding Shanghai as well, but they, they need more factories. There is no doubt about it. And with each new location comes also diversification of, of risk, right? Because you don't want to have all the risks centralized only in two or three locations. So, yeah, I mean, we we need we need more we need more to get to 20 million cars but i think we're on the way and i'm so impatient to listen to what's going to happen next week because i do believe we're going to see the big picture i agree i agree i think it's going to be quite quite uh i think it's going to help people visualize how they get to 20 million per year right mm -hmm. now it's like in the clouds it's hard to visualize <laughs> and i also think there might be announcements around because there's like rumors around acquisitions of like a of like, a, I think there was a, a mining company or something to do with raw materials. Yeah. There's another one yesterday about a, or this morning. Batteries in Australia. Yeah. 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 So they might come out with like, hey, we're announcing three acquisitions. Oh, and by the way, here are three nuclear factories, Mexico, Canada, yeah. Indonesia, whatever. We'll see. Speculation. Yeah. I have yeah. my thoughts yeah. fleshed out for next week. Mm. Um, and along these lines, do you think Tesla is going to announce a nuclear factory in Investor Day? And where will it be located? Well, I think the next one seems to be Mexico, right? It's just, it yeah. seems to come on a daily basis now. Yep. <laughs> All right. And last one, the most important one. Did you catch any shows while in Vegas? <laughs> no, we went. Thank you, Stefan. Um, we went to very good restaurants. It was Michelle's 77th birthday. So we had really food, food, food. I feel like I'm like so stuffed, but there we are. That's awesome. <laughs> it was really good. Thank That's you. so happy to hear. Thank you for having me, Farza. Thank it's you. always such a pleasure. Oh my God. It's always such a great discussion. You're always more than welcome anytime back. I think what, what my, my biggest what I'm so grateful for is I, I just learned, I feel like I learned so much in, in a in a world that I'm just not familiar with that I want to be more familiar with because it just, it's just interesting to me. And I'm just very thankful oh. to have you as a resource who's so willing to give her time for these types of conversations. And it's always so resource. So it's just so helpful and valuable and informative. And I'm, and I'm sure the community thinks the same in the comment section as well. Uh, so Thank just make sure you go follow Alexandra on not just Twitter and I'll share her profile here. So Twitter, Alexandra Mertz, at Tesla Boomer Mama. Make sure you check her out. And then also make sure you check out her Substack uh, at yeah. alexandramertz.substack.com. I'm sure one of the mods will link it into the comment yeah. section below as well. Thank you. So thank you very much. Thank you to all the mods. Thank you to everybody watching and listening. Um, Ross, if you're watching this, uh, you know, you're welcome Please anytime, come back, brother. Ross. Seriously. Yeah, we want to talk to you. We want to talk to you. We have questions. <laughs> okay, it's all honestly. It's all in honest uh, to try to learn more. Uh, any last words for us for the community? No, thank you. Thank you for having me, and and thank you for clarifying. Let me clarify all that. Like I said, I, I'm not against Ross. I think he's putting himself, bunkering himself into a position that probably wasn't the one he was initially doing. Um, that's probably why I took that that video private or, or unlisted or whatever it is now so um 
that may be the first step in the right direction. Uh, I honestly think Ross should be heard and then we can all move on. That would be the best outcome. Awesome. Um, thank you so much. And then producer wife wasn't here today, unfortunately. I hope she feels better, but mwah, love you, baby. Yeah. Cindy, producer wife, whatever you want to call her. <laughs> she's the best. Yeah. She's my, she's my everything. She is. And we're going to give do a little clappy thing that she usually does at the end. And then here, uh, we're actually going to do something new. We're going to, I'm going to play a video to oh. take us off. And then we're going to be backstage. It's about 20 seconds. Thank you all so much. Whoa. We'll see you in the next one. Bye, everybody. Okay. We'll see you. Bye-bye.